On this Labor Day weekend, we want to look at what the Bible has to say about work. An article in Newsweek magazine talked about stress on the job, what you and your boss can do about it. It says that the number one source of stress is people. What a surprise, huh? What does God have to say about job stress related to people? This morning we're going to look at six principles as to how to cope with cranky co-workers. Before we do this, though, let me ask you, now do not, please, do not point at anybody. Who are the difficult people in your life? Please, don't move your head, don't throw a glance out. Who are the difficult people in your life? I want you to write down five different types of difficult people in your notes. Number one, there are people that I call demanding people. These are the dictators of life. These are the little Napoleons. They're very controlling. They're oppressive. They're rude. They make unrealistic demands that they will not do themselves. They just are demanding people. In fact, they have a sign in their office, a sign that says, I don't get ulcers, I just give them. Ever work with somebody like that? Number two, in your notes is dishonest people. Dishonest people are the snakes in the grass. They lie to you. They will cheat you. They will promise you one thing and deliver another. They'll stab you in the back. You cannot trust them. They are dishonest. And it's difficult, it's stressful to work with this type of person. Number three, there are disagreeable people. Disagreeable people are the chronic complainers of life. They're always negative, they're grumpy, always grouchy. Nothing is ever satisfactory, and they love to argue. Just are not team players. They're very uncooperative. They're disagreeable. Number four, and you notice, are defensive people. Some of you have worked with people like that. They're touchy. They're thin-skinned. Everything you say, they take offense at. When you're around them, you have to walk on eggshells. You have to worry that they will get their feelings hurt. Demanding people, dishonest people, disagreeable people, and defensive people. Number five in your notes. Demeaning people. Demeaning people are always putting you down. They're always insulting you. They are themselves so insecure. They have to build themselves up by tearing down continuously. They treat you like dirt. Now, what does the Bible say about dealing with these kinds of people? We look at six principles this morning. So when you notice number one, the Bible says, first of all, realize you can't please everybody. You must realize that you cannot please everybody. Looking at Romans 12, 18, please read it together with me out loud. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Circle that phrase, as far as it depends on you. Have you realized that there are just some people you cannot please? 
Have you come to that knowledge, no matter what you do, how hard you try? You just cannot please them? Some people are just not pleasable. But also, in your notes, you must realize you don't need to please everybody. Not only can't you please everybody, but you just don't need to please everybody. In fact, in your notes, God cannot please everybody. When the national parks on the East Coast and the Smoky Mountains are extremely dry, and God provides rain, lots of rain, some park rangers are thankful. Others in the Northeast just don't know what to do with eight inches of rain. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 25. It is dangerous to be concerned what others think of you, but if you trust in the Lord, you are safe. See, the Bible says that it's an emotional trap to start worrying about what other people are thinking about you. I've said this before, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people that we don't even like. Even God doesn't please everybody. Look at what Jesus says in John 5, verse 30. He says, I seek the will of what? I seek the will of the Father who sent me. Even Jesus did not try to please everybody. People in Texas, they want their oil prices to go up. I want their oil prices to go down. Look at what Jesus says to people pleasers in Luke 6, verse 26. He says, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. Maybe that will happen only when you're dead. Realize that you can't please everybody. Number two. The second principle in coping with job stress. Refuse to retaliate. The Bible says refuse to retaliate when difficult people come out with their guns smoking. Look at 1 Peter 3, verse 9. Please read it with me together out loud. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults and people insult you. So let me ask you, when somebody insults you, what is your natural reaction? You get them back, right? And you're not to insult. When insulted is a natural reaction. It's in our sinful nature. We strike back. And Americans are pros at this. We are masters of the art of put-downs. There's a book entitled 3,000 Put-Downs. Check out a couple of examples here. She must use gunpowder on her face. It always looks shot. Looks like a, she looks like a doll. Even her hair is pasted on. She talks so much that her tongue got sunburned. She thinks her chin is her best feature. To me, it looks like a double feature. Put-downs, lots of put-downs. And the Bible says refuse to retaliate. Looking at Proverbs 12, verse 16. When a fool is annoyed, he quickly lets it be known. But smart people, what? Will ignore an insult. What is he saying? And you know, it's a mark of maturity is a controlled reaction. And if you are immature, you are offended easily. But the mark of a mature Christian is that you can't offend them. They don't take things personally. Smart people, they ignore an insult. One pastor owned a parrot that when you did not feed it, it would swear. One day he forgot the parrot. And this parrot let out a blue streak to him. So the pastor grabbed it, threw it into the freezer for 15 minutes to teach that parrot not to swear. 
He takes him out. And he says, I hope you learn your lesson. He was blue and shivering. A week later or so, the pastor forgot to feed him again. The parrot again cussed up a storm. So the pastor grabbed him, put him in the freezer, this time for 25 minutes. He brings him out and says, I hope you learned your lesson. The parrot said, Yes, I have, but I would sure like to know what that turkey said. Number, the point is, refuse to retaliate. Number three, the third principle in your notes for coping with job stress. Refuse to argue. The Bible teaches, don't be drawn into an argument with cranky co-workers. So the best illustration is Jesus himself, whom the Pharisees were constantly trying to trap. Look at Matthew 22, verse 15 and 18. Please read that verse with me out, together out loud. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, Why are you trying to trap me? Jesus just would not play their game. Jesus says, Why are you trying to trap me? He would not be drawn <clears throat> into arguments. You must realize that some people would just love to get you into an argument. Do you agree with that? That's just the way they are, to get the attention. Do not give them positive attention. They'll try to get negative attention from you. So on the back of your notes, looking at Proverbs 26, verse 21, Solomon said, Wood keeps the fire burning. Troublemakers keep arguments alive. Isn't that true? Troublemakers just thrive on office politics. They love it. They go over there and get people arguing. They come over here and get another group complaining. They share one complaint after another. Why? Because they are the center of attention. Wood keeps the fire burning. Troublemakers keep arguments alive. So let me give you some biblical advice. If you have difficult people working for you, you owe it for the rest of your employees to get rid of that person. Paul says to Titus in Titus 3 verse 10, give at least two warnings to the person who causes a division, and then what? Have nothing more to do with them. <clears throat> you owe it to your employees to maintain good morale. One person can spread lots and lots of rumors and cause problems. So number one, refuse to argue. <clears throat> number two, refuse to retaliate. Number three, realize you can't please everybody. So in your notes, number four, the fourth principle in coping with job stress, refuse to cave in. A lot of people think that Christians will always cave in, just submit. Look at Romans 12, verse 2. Please read that verse with me together out loud. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. That means it's okay to stand up for what is right. But many Christians are afraid to speak up. They let people get away with murder. They think it's more spiritual just to be quiet. God did not make Christians to be wimps. In your notes, meekness in the Bible is not weakness. God does not expect Christians just to be doormats. Christians are to be meek, but meek in the Greek, in the Bible, in your notes, means strength under control. That's what it means to be meek. 
and Jesus was meek. He was not weak. Only two people in the Bible are called meek. Jesus and Moses. And neither of them were weaklings. Neither of them were wimps. They were strong people of convictions. This week when you have a boss or co-worker who places demands upon you to do something wrong, how do you handle that? How are you going to deal with that? Well, look at what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 37. Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Your word is enough. Circle that word no in that verse. For a Christian, the word no, it's not a bad word. It's not a dirty word. Many Christians just do not know how to say no. They're about to burn out with 50 things that they've said yes to because they do not know how to say no. See, the Bible teaches that we need to teach our kids also to have convictions, like saying no to drugs, how to stand up against pressures. You can say no in your notes also without, without making excuses, without feeling guilty. Look at what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For the spirit that God given us does not make us timid. Instead, his spirit does what? Fills us with power and love and self-control. So God wants you to deal with people with power, that is, with confidence, with love. That you focus on their needs out of love and in self-control, which means you do not blow up, you do not cave in. Number five. The fifth principle in your notes, resolve conflicts quickly. That means if you have a conflict with a co-worker, you deal with it quickly. It's so easy, you know, to ignore it, hoping, praying that it will go away. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27. Please read it with me together out loud. If you become angry, do not let your anger lead you into sin. And do not stay angry all day. Should a Christian ever get angry? The answer is yes. Did Jesus ever get angry? The answer is yes. But did Jesus ever sin? No. So there's a right way to get angry and a wrong way to get angry. And the wrong kind of anger, the Bible says, is when it is not resolved quickly. So you don't stay angry all day. In your notes, anger not resolved turns what? Into bitterness. Anger can turn into bitterness and resentment, and resentment is always sin. So you deal with it quickly. When you just swallow up your anger, and you notice your stomach keeps score. Have you found that to be true? You get tied in knots. You get ulcers. So what is the solution? So how do you deal with conflict? You might not like this next fill-in-the-blank. The solution to conflict in your notes is confront. Confrontation is lovingly going to that person, speaking to that person directly. In fact, how many of you like to confront? Probably not many of you will raise your hand. Only people who really like to confront people are sometimes the troublemakers. They simply enjoy it. They get a thrill out of it. Normal people do not like to confront. But it is the only way to resolve your conflicts. How do you conflict? How do you conform? Look at James. Look at James 1 verse 19. James says you must all be quick to listen, 
You must be slow to speak and slow to get angry. So there are three rules for confrontation there. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. If you, do have, if you get the first down, two down, the third one will be automatic. So what do you listen for? You listen and you know if you listen for the hurt. You listen for the hurts in that person's life. I've said this before and you know it's hurt people do what? Hurt people. Hurting people always hurt other people. And when you have someone who is being a jerk at work, it's because they're hurting. And when you understand their hurts, you will understand better why they do what they do. Number six in your notes. When dealing with cranky co-workers, respond with love. The bottom line is that in spite of their behavior, you still respond with love. See, when we remember that God, in his love, loves you and loves me, then we are filled with that love to love others. When we remember that God in his love loves you and me, we are filled with his love to help us love others. <clears throat> we want you to remember <clears throat> in your notes two things. <clears throat> Number one, God really loves cranky co-workers. That might be hard to believe, but God really loves that jerk at work. In fact, God loves that jerk at work just as much as he loves you and me. God loves him unconditionally. And number two, God actually wants to teach you to love that jerk at work. See, that's why he's there. God wants to teach you to love the unlovely. And only when we fully understand that God loves us, even while we were still sinners and he gave his son to die on the cross for us, that we begin. We begin to show love for the unlovely, Yes, for the cranky worker. But the farther you stand away from the cross yourself, the easier it is to get turned off by cranky co-workers, the more job stress you will have. Looking at Matthew 5, verse 44, Jesus gives us four actions here. He says, love your enemies, then bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you, pray for them that persecute you. So you love them, you bless them, you do good, and you pray. And here's a little secret. If you do the last one first, you pray for them. The other three will come automatically. Because through praying for them, God, God starts working in your life. So in conclusion, look at God's promise in Proverbs 16, verse 7. When a man is trying to please God, God makes even his worst enemies want to be at peace with him. So you have difficult people in your life. They are demanding or dishonest or disagreeable, defensive and demeaning. Then number one, realize you can't please everybody. Number two, to refuse to retaliate. Number three, refuse to argue. Number four, refuse to cave in. Number five, resolve conflicts quickly. And number six, Respond with love. Amen.